0: Hi guys, and welcome to episode 80 of the Chase and Parts Golf Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Craig, as ever, and this week I'm joined by uh, a familiar face. Uh, Jeff Feinberg joins us. Hello.
1: Craig, happy to join you again, my man. Uh, It's an exciting time when we'll be at another major in just a couple of weeks, so lots of fun ahead.
0: Yeah, Definitely. (laughs) Uh, were you a fan of uh, Southern Hills then? What What was your kind of uh, reaction to the the second major that's just passed? Uh, it was kind to
1: me, so I have all the good fields towards it. But you know, can't pat myself on the back too hard because I was on a pretty cold, a long cold streak before finally nipping. Uh, Jt also had Zalatoris, so that was a stress free and exciting. Finish, but hopefully I can uh, keep, keep, uh, stay hot. I, I'm really excited about this board this week. But Southern Hills, I, I think the PGA Championship, the PGA of America has done a great job with the, the courses that they've gone to, and just look at the champions the last handful of years. Like they've truly um, handed us almost like a masterclass list of, uh, of champions. So I've got no issue with
0: anything they're they're doing. Yeah, yeah, d- definitely have to agree with that. Um, yeah, I thought in terms of a test, yeah, it was a fantastic test. Uh, obviously, five under is the type of test most golf fans you would think would want to see. Um, although in, uh, although on the Sunday uh, I was kind of getting a little bit bored of watching Matt Fitzpatrick missing putt after putt after putt. So, uh, yeah, that that was my kind of interest away from that. But apart from that, it was a fantastic finish uh, with JT and Zalatouris. JT, thoroughly deserving champion. Uh, Zalatouris will win eventually. Hopefully the U.S. Open, I think. Uh, do you think Zalatouris is going to win soon? Oh, yeah,
1: it's like it's not even – we're so far past if he's going to win – especially even a major, I don't even like register with the if it's, it's when it's when it's almost to the point that I feel the same way about him that I did about like John Rom a year ago before he won a major. Like, I don't know whether it's going to be this one, the next one, but I have zero doubts. Like there's no doubt in my mind. He's going to do it at some point. Hopefully, hopefully soon. The number will continue to get shorter. I'm sure of it.
0: Yeah. Uh I did say I think it was on Saturday. I was like I I just think I'm going to have to take uh Zalatoris uh, for Brookline in uh, three weeks time. Uh I'll go through the roller coaster within then. Uh I'll probably stick to that answer and i will say I will I will back him for the US Open I think. Um I think he'll be very popular as well as well, uh, obviously with the way he's playing. Yeah, we'll probably be at a peak popularity when we hit the
1: U.S. Open for him, just based on how the things have gone. And you know, I, you know, it's a U.S. Open long straight, everything he does get me a nibble of puttluck and and we'll be right there. Uh, I agree. It'll be hard for me to get off. I've been in him too much. Not this week though, and. Um, I've started to even warm up to his motivations for this week. When I originally, if you'd have asked me yesterday, Craig said, "No, like I don't really think after being through the ringer that that he, you know, will get it done this week." But the more I think about it, he seems so like I don't think he's wearing scar tissue yet. He seems just pretty into the moment and excited with how well he is playing, and I think he is like a very Very focused on getting like a breakthrough of any kind, not just the major, because his resume doesn't have it in Dallas. You know, a Texas event probably sets up quite well. So Monday morning, I think there's no way I could bet um, Willie. I'm not betting him now, but I do feel a lot better about his chances this week than I did just 24 hours ago for, for the Charles Schwab.
0: Uh in terms of some of the other runners obviously that uh that ended up finishing high up on the leaderboard, I mean it was another nearly if for the likes of uh, Matt Fitzpatrick and Tommy Fleetwood. Fleetwood obviously finished uh he finished the run quite well to finish inside the top ten. Fitzpatrick was there all the time and pretty much fell away in the final group. Um a little bit similar towards that Fitzpatrick uh, last performance, but it seems to become what we kind of a uh, come. It seems to become what we've become accustomed to uh, recently with him on the PGA Tour, close but not cigar. Yeah, and I've sort of had this take on Fitzpatrick for a while now.
1: Maybe even going back to Bay Hill a couple years ago, where he was deep in in contention, and then honestly did a lot of the same things he did um, this past weekend. But what I'm about to say can only be said, it's like a backhanded compliment, because to be able to say this, it means he contends a lot, and he truly is fantastic, and I don't doubt any of it. But you seem to be a bigger fan of his than, than, than I am, and what I notice is on Sunday, he gets into contention a lot. And it's one thing if when you get into contention on Sunday and the things you don't do well are magnified. Like that makes total sense. My issue, at least my perception with Fitzpatrick and a lot of these close calls lately is he gets abandoned by the things he does. Well, like his bread and butter, um, you know, parts of his game go away on Sunday. And that just like, you can't win like that. You got to like find the medium asp, the median aspect of the things you do poorly. And you always have to continue what you do. Well, well, and 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 that just creates an impossible situation, it seems like, for him to overcome.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, just watching that performance on the Sunday was just giving me nightmares every time every time he had a a, a medium sized putt which fits his renown for being one of the best putters, well, in the world perhaps, from medium distance. He just couldn't make a he just couldn't make a thing and it was so frustrating, man. But, uh, yeah, it was a tie for Fitzpatrick for myself. Uh, but, yeah, congratulations on Thomas. That's a great hit. And, uh, yeah, we move on to the Chalice World Challenge. Um, any fond memories of any winners of this event uh, in the years prior? Uh, yeah, I guess this event, looking as the as the past history
1: sort of popped up over the last couple of days, it's been quite kind to me. Um, and I would say part of the reason – is because it's been very kind of that sweet spot of like 30 to 60 to one, that betting range that I'm not the only person that a lot of us, you know, we find the value. It's not the top. It's like we, we you know, we just feel like that's a great, comfortable range to kind of build a betting uh, card in. And that's where the winners have come. So I've hit Coke uh, Rack and Nah uh, here. So two of the last three. And even that burger winner, he was the first one out of the gate or the first post COVID event. But I remember that was like a 60, 50 to 1 as well. So this event has been kind to me, and it's just kind of been very kind to the um, the parts of the betting board that get my most attention, hence my um, increased chances prob- of of hitting those last few.
0: Yeah, in, ter- in terms of myself, uh, the 2021 was, uh, well... I had Morikawa when he was the runner up in that playoff against Berger, so that was a little bit of a sore one. But um yeah, that's of note my only really good chance of winning the event. But uh yeah. The outcome with Morikawa in twenty twenty was pretty hurtful. <laughs> not gonna lie.
1: That was a great, yeah. That was a great tournament. That field was outstanding. I feel like Xander might have been there uh, battling the uh, at the end, as was Neiman. Uh, that was that. Yeah, that was a great one. First event out of COVID. We're all fired up
0: for it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so we are obviously we're at the Charles Schwab Challenge, which is uh, hosted at the Colonial Country Club in Fort Worth, Texas. A uh, classical par 70, uh, 7,209 yards and yet again for the second straight week in a row it's a Perry-Maxwell design uh, playing on grass Greens again and Bermuda Fairways um, Jason Kokrak won this last year uh, at 14 under uh, he ended up winning by two shots in the end uh, that's when obviously we were having that kind of fairy tale season uh, again with Jordan Speith, uh, when he when he looked like he was getting back to his very, very best. Um uh, but Kokrak obviously was a man of steel that week and kind of broke everybody's hearts, as JC Kulkrack does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um yeah. Sorry, go. No 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 on you go, sorry.
1: Yeah, I just, uh, I was, I got nothing bad. I was even thinking about Coke Rack again uh, uh, this week, but uh, I don't know. It didn't break my heart on that one, so I can't complain.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, I'm sure actually my podcast partner, Jamie, actually uh, managed to get 50 to 1 on Coke Rack last year as well. So I think that was a good one for him. So you can't all complain <laughs> at the end of the day. Yeah, no, I think that was a pretty popular Kokrak uh, uh, victory
1: call last year. Kokrak in Texas, it all kinds of s- sets up. Again, as I just mentioned, I'm thinking about them this week, but there's just too many players who I like just a tad,
0: well, quite a bit more, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, So the... Well, the different tournaments under the different names have been played at Colonial since 1946, such as the uh, such names such as the Crown Plaza Invitational at the Colonial, Dean and Deluca Invitational, Fort Worth Invitational, or uh, just some of the few other names that have kind of that have kind of uh, hosted the event uh, during the the previous few years. It got taken over by Charles Schwab Challenge, and I believe it was. Correct me if I'm wrong on this one, but I believe me. Uh, uh, I believe it was 2019, 2018. I think is when right. Charles Schwab yeah. first got on. Sounds accurate. Yeah. So, uh, in terms of obviously the uh, the winners the, the, the is two, uh, 2015. So, we had Jason Kokrat last year, uh, won up by two to Jordan Speeth. 2020 was Daniel Berger at 15 under in a playoff against Colin Morikawa. 2019, Kevin Na won by four to Tony Fino. 2018 was Justin Rose at 20 under at, uh, by three shots against uh, Bruce Kepka. Kevin Kisner. Uh, won at, at 10 under in 2017. Uh, Jordan Spieth, John Ram and Sean O'Hare were the r- runners-up then. Jordan Spieth won in 2016 at 17 under by three shots to Harris English. And 2015, Chris Kirk won at 12 under by one shot to Jason Bone, Jordan Spieth and Brad Snedeker. I think it's quite clear uh, I think it's quite clear going by uh, one name in particular who's going to be very, very popular this week, and he will be at the top of the leaderboard.
1: Who is that? Now you've got me thinking. Justin? Like, we're just people just going back, you no. think? Uh,
0: no, Jordan Spieth, sorry. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, of cigarette. course. Of course. Oh, that's
1: silly me. Yeah, Jordan Spieth. It's a Texas event. I saw a stat, like, his putty, strokes game putting in his last, like, handful of events, like, it's negative double digits combined. His strokes game putting career at Colonial is, like, plus in the 30s. So it's this ultimate. <laughs> well. Yeah, I know it all happened at different times, but it's this ultimate, like, I'm not betting speeth. But if you wanted to just bet him blindly and say he's striking the ball unconscious and at some point like the putter is going to turn, this has to be the place. Even when Jordan was in his nut low spots, Craig, it always felt he would show up to his comfort courses and and play well. I remember a weekend at Pebble. He was teeing off uh, like in the first or last group. Like, all the places he really had great success when he was at that ceiling, he still found a way when he showed up there at his nut low to, like, play better than he played everywhere else he went. So, yeah, clearly dangerous, clearly getting the attention, probably even more so than Justin and Scotty.
0: Yeah, definitely can't uh, complain about that one. Uh, Just want to quickly uh, mention that uh, in the past 30 years, uh, in terms of multiple winners here at uh, Colonial, so in the past thirty years, we've had Nick Price who won it in '94 and uh, 2002, Kenny Perry won it in 2003 and 2005, Phil Mickelson won it in 2000 and 2008, and Zach Johnson won it in 2010 and 2012. So we, uh, it is an event that can throw up a, um, a double winner every so often. Yeah, that's something
1: certainly uh interesting. I'm not surprised by that as well. It seems like a course that a lot of these shopmakers can get really comfortable on.
0: So in terms of uh in terms of things you looked into for colonial, uh, what what kind of stood out for you in terms of like key traits and stuff for colonial? So Originally, I went with uh, well again with it being a Maxwell design. Uh, quite smaller greens, greens and regulation, and uh, strokes gained tee green were were a couple of the big ones again this week. Uh, strong iron play on approach again. I think this week is especially uh, as it's a tough course. Um, a little of strokes gained around the green as well for me. Um, any anything. Anything that you kind of looked into, or is it roughly the same?
1: Yeah, no, a lot of – I mean, you sort of hit on a lot of the um, the main points. I did see uh, – jeez, I can't even remember who it was. Because you, you look at the past winners. it's a, I, You look at the past winners. You see the winning score. It's, of course, a lot of players are familiar with. Um, but someone was posting – I think it might have been Drew Matthews – that over the last couple of years, Craig – um, we're seeing a lot more guys take advantage of driver here. Something that the, like, longer-term trends would show weren't important or nearly as important. But a lot of the newer stuff, if you look at the last two years, the leaderboard has been littered with guys who did fare very well off the tee. And, like, a lot of courses that have been around a long time, like this new younger player or they get into the – um. They're just finding new angles, even the veteran guys. Like, no, we're going to just actually take these on. We're creating these new angles to uh, to just attack these golf courses. And that has been a strategy that's shown itself the last couple of years, more so than the past. So with that, my betting card, I've, I, I have taken guys that I feel like can unleash the Kraken. But I've also got like my straight up shot makers and the guys that you know are going to craft their way around this place like they have for 30 years.
0: Yeah, it's it's uh, it's definitely one of the. Obviously, it's a classic course, isn't it? It's been gone on the PG two for many and many many of years. Um, it's just one of them that you know what you're kind of going to get with this course uh, in terms of like the winning score kind of it. roughly between ten under and fifteen under, I believe will, will be uh, will be the winner this week.
1: Yeah i agree with uh i agree with that very much
0: so uh so we're going to obviously the tournament market so this is the current odds so um the the top three this week uh, scott Scheffler, justin thomas and jordan Spieth. um obviously Spieth has ridiculous credentials for this course but uh if we're going to the the other two first so scott and j t Thoughts on uh, them at twelve to one? Uh, it would be JT
1: for me a hundred out of a hundred times right now over Scheffler. If I was wrong, I'd eat that. Uh, I'm not betting JT. I think the twelve to ones, Craig, are incredibly fair. All things considering, where most markets he had him at fifteen or sixteen to win last week. Uh, he's a guy that has historically gotten hot. These uh, God, they just win now. I'm not surprised. People thought he might withdraw. The second you're like, no, he's not withdrawing. It makes total sense. Why would he withdraw? Like the guys are steaming like a freight train right now. Like get back on the golf course and and, and get hot again. Like keep going. There's plenty of time to rest before the U.S. Open if that's what you want to do. Um, Thomas uh, oh, was his eight-year career. The, this season he ranks first in – Oh, this, sorry, for Justin Thomas's career. Right now, he's having the best putting season, the best around the green season, the best iron season, or his fourth best iron season, his fifth best off the tee season. What I'm saying is the short game practice is paying off insane dividends. Now, granted, there are a couple putts on Sunday, 15, 18, that you're like, oh, my God, this guy's not going to let those get away. They didn't. They did get away, and he's still got to wake up today as a generational player, which is probably fair based on. The resume, I I was very tempted to bet Justin Thomas, and as I just regurgitated all of it again, it still has me thinking I should have bet Justin Thomas, but I didn't. But of anyone at the top, I lean to him over Spieth, over Scheffler. It's honestly not even close right now to go back-to-back.
0: Back. I mean, if anybody can go back-to-back, back, I mean, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put past Justin Thomas in the slightest anyway. That's for sure. Just the, I don't know.
1: He seems like a guy that's just going to ride ride these this continual wave of fantastic form and fantastic results, even without the win. Even if he came second yesterday or on the weekend, the results would still be from the last month like mind boggling. Um, so, yeah, it would actually be an easy decision for me if I was betting the very top.
0: Yeah, uh, and uh, in that case, if we're going the very top, I'll make a case for Spieth, obviously. Spieth, obviously, is Texas-born, uh, plays unbelievably well in Texas, winner uh, of, one of this prior, a few second-place finishes as well. Um, he's obviously in great form. Um, he had a had an okay, if not average, PGA Championship. I mean, I guess the pressure of becoming a Grand Slam champion could have been a factor. But um, coming back to a golf course he you knows so well and he plays so well, um, I can't, I can't see him not finishing in the top five, top ten this week. So yeah, uh, I'm not, I'm not going, I'm not going to take him. But if if it was anybody for me, it would be uh, Jordan uh, with the current. Tommy should
1: can't really argue any of it. I just still trust Thomas um, more at what I think is a fair price. But I, I'm part of me. I'm always prepared and expecting Speed to win in Texas.
0: Uh, Morikawa comes next at eighteen to one, Uh Zalatoris at twenty-two. Uh, just a couple more before your first kind of pick in that kind of range. Uh, Morikawa. He's in a little bit of a funny one just now. I mean, he had the second-place finish at the Riviera early in the season. But to be honest, by his elite standards, he's not been that great this year, has he? No, he
1: certainly hasn't. And if you watched him on Friday, even though he did make the cut, he was as frustrated almost as I've ever seen him on the golf course. So um, I'm sure he'll be happy to to be out of, out of Southern Hills. If he does win, I can never be surprised for it all all to sort of just flip in a moment. I'm pivoting off him. Uh, if you do want to bit Willie Zalatoris, I, I actually do think he has, like, I don't think he carries the scar tissue. I think he's determined to get a win uh be it a regular event a major whatever event he's teeing it up in i think he's pretty determined and is going to power through it so as we sit here closer to tee off than than i was when i made my picks i actually feel better about willie despite not betting him um um this week but my first man up would be next craig and that would be hovland who i've laid a marker on
0: yeah, uh, so, yeah, you've gone for Victor Hovland. You just want to go a little bit into that uh, and why you've taken Victor this week.
1: Yeah, 22-1 to one for me on Victor is the number I landed on him at this week at Colonial. I just think the course sets up for him uh, perfectly, as it does a lot of players. He can shot make it. He can he can create new angles with the driver. Whatever he feels is best to be aggressive, uh, to make the birdies an absolute, you know, a hurricane of bunches. If you've got a chip well this week to win, you're not winning anyway. Um, You know, it's not not the most complicated up and downs. Victor actually handled himself quite well, probably better than 99% of people imagined he would have in that around the green category last week. Uh, I'm prepared to go all in on Victor this week as I have at 22 to 1. I'm not going to lie in full transparency, Craig. I'll probably laugh at myself for this. I, hopefully Victor wins and I can laugh at this comment and wish I didn't verbalize it on a podcast. But <laughs> I've had some moments today as I've really gone through the next like couple layers of the betting board that maybe I shouldn't have made a move this high and just like traded my Victor bet for two bets in around forty to one because the more I stare at like that tier of golfer this week, I there's just so many of them that I'm attracted to, but I'm in on Vic. It's out there. It's documented. I ain't cashing it in or cashing it out. So uh, Vic Hovland for me would, I guess be my higher tier player of choice
0: this week. Nice. Uh, Yeah. I I mean, you were quickly joking about that uh, off air about how many players were in that 30 to, you know, 30 to 50 to 60 kind of range. I mean, there is quite a lot of players in there that you could make a case for. Yeah, it's just, it's loaded with so
1: many. I could have, I, yeah, I'm I, like I just said, I'm regretting not just making my entire betting card in that range. That being said, all my next picks are essentially uh, uh, right in that part of the board, which, as we mentioned before, has
0: been very kind uh, to the Charles Schwab Colonial. Uh Next thing comes after uh, Hovland and Zalatoris, so we've got Max Homa and Sung-JM. Sung-JM making his first appearance in a- about a month, I want to say, something like that. Uh, and obviously Homa is in superb form. Um, thoughts on him, uh, him making an appearance this week? <laughs> yeah and I think
1: it's important to note, and if I'm wrong, I'm really sorry, but I'm under the impression as far as I'm concerned, Craig he did not have covid, but it was just covid traveling protocols country to country uh that created this this uh cluster expletive of a situation an unfortunate one for him so it's i would i don't think you need to worry that he's like recovering from an illness pretty sneaky pick this week uh the books he's not forgotten by the books is He's sitting in front of a lot of players with similar or even slightly better resumes um, who are behind him on this board. So the books are pretty keen on him and Homa big fan wasn't on the win a few weeks ago. We're regretting that a bit, Craig, but I'm not here with this betting odd. I'm a big Max Homa fan. I'm just not prepared as I, it's like almost the first comment I made when I, on my podcast with Pat this week, when he asked me about the top of the board, I said, the thing that hit me first was that at like DraftKings, Homo was 28 and Burns was 35. Like we're there. But, you know, I guess as of Monday morning this week, we we were in, in many regards. So if Homo wins, I'm not surprised, but I can't move on this number. Like I think he's the same as that entire crew getting, you know, 5, 10, 15 more points.
0: Yeah uh, I mean Homer is the shortest I've seen him in this kind of event for a little while but um Yeah this isn't Mexico this isn't Mexico there's like yeah, six yeah. good like there's a
1: full there's a full like there's a couple super elites up there like this isn't a um one super elite and then you could be clear like if Rom didn't play well in Mexico anyone's open that like three or four guys got to not play well um, or not yeah. be there. So, and honestly, I would trust Max to beat them. It's not like he couldn't beat them in a the head-to-head either. I'm just not there. I need, I need more before I can accept this as the betting number. let that's how I'll put it.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, no, uh, would I be surprised if he finishes in the top ten this week? No, but come on, it's a little bit short, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Like for for anybody's sake, that's a little bit short, but if if they are better then fair enough, but yeah, not for me. Uh instead I'll take my first guy, which is Sam Burns at thirty-three to one, who I, th- I think I th- I think that's sneakily good value or, or sneakily good number on a on a player we know can win uh on these tough tracks. Obviously he's a two time winner at the Valspar, which is a tough track. Um, he's actually in surprisingly good form, so uh, he was tied 20th last week in the PGA Championship Uh, he was in the top 10 for parts of that uh, parts of round 3 for that event last week uh, before fading out a little bit miscut at that stupid Byron Nelson uh, second at the Zurich Classical along with uh, Billy Horschel, miscut at the Masters first at the Valsh bar 26 at the players so he's in relatively good form uh four four top four four top thirties in the uh, in his last six starts uh he has a 31st and a miscut of the Charles Schwab previously uh also also kind of liked a Riviera link to to this one obviously a classical course uh, he, he has a third and a 23rd there uh, he, he also has a thirteenth place finish in the Windham, which I think you could kind of correlate as well in terms of in terms of his stats this season is 26 for T to green, uh, 15 for greens in regulation 12 for approach and uh, 69 for around the green so he, he ranks pretty high for most of them uh, at that number I'm definitely happy enough to take Sam Burns this week, who we know is a proven winner and is playing sneakily well. I think it's a great number.
1: Uh, I'll feel silly uh, if he wins and I didn't play it because he certainly was on my, like, very first short list, and I've just pivoted right near him thus far this week. But I have such a belief in him. I think he's a natural-born winner. I, en- I It's just he's an easy guy to bet on. I would have no... Obviously, he wouldn't be favored versus Justin Thomas if it came down to that sort of battle on a Sunday or a Victor Hovland or, or Mark Howard or something. But he wouldn't, like, back down mentally for a moment. He has that, like, Patrick Reed or uh, whoever you believe. Like, in something, I, I just like betting on guys that have that, um, like, they'll go head-to-head with anybody because they're just true winners. So uh, I, I'm totally into that Burns pick this
0: week at a fair, fair number. Would you um, would you give a uh, would you give a case this week for for a guy I absolutely love? Uh, I'll quickly put myself on mute, um, so I'm not saying anything while you give a good account of a, uh, a good account of him. But Daniel Berger, you want to talk us through Daniel Berger? I'm going to put myself on mute because, uh, yes. before I say something I don't.
1: I I I I think uh I haven't bet Berger yet. He's on a short list of guys I could add, as I guess Sam Burns is potentially as a maybe an apologist for Berger. I'm willing to overlook a bad week last week. Like guys got their asses kicked on a really tough golf course. Wouldn't read over read that. Uh it would just be more of a health concern. But he's won here and I think forty to one is is quite fair um for a player of of his of his ceiling but you don't have to get mad at me i haven't made a bet yet i'm not here to totally stand stand for burger but i do think he's in a he's with the group of players i I am quite interested in and i actually might bet him so you could probably preemptively get mad at me if you want
0: okay (laughs) moving on (laughs) move on yeah Let's go next. Oh no, no! I've, uh, I mean, I must have said this about a hundred times on this podcast that I'm not a fan at all of Daniel Berger. So I'll just let you have a little two-minute cameo, and I'll just mute myself. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but anyway, so um, my next pick, um, it was actually the last pick I placed this week, um, due to. Um, Showing a little bit of signs of coming back to life last week at the PGA Championship, uh, and that's Webb Simpson at forty to one. Which, to be honest, about about probably about um, one to two years ago, Webb Simpson would have been in the range with like where Hovland and Zalatoris is right now for for this kind of event. So forty to one. Uh, and well, well, forty to one kind of range. Uh, this week seems quite uh, interesting, to be honest. I actually thought he was very good in spells last week at the PGA Championship, um, especially on the Sunday. Had a fast start, got to about three under, uh, but like everybody else, kind of faded out. Uh, but he still finished, and he still finished in a respectable tie twentieth um, in the PGA Championship for his first. First top twenty-five finish of the whole season so far. So can that give him confidence going forward? I I, I very much hope so. Um, he is a player I do like, and um, he's a much better player than 48 in the official world golf ranking for sure. And um, this is a guy, obviously, that is a six-time six-time winner on the PGA Tour. So we know he can win when push comes to shove. Um, it's just whether or not he can kind of replicate that that kind of performance last week. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, it seems a decent number, so I'm willing to chance it this week on Webb, uh in the hope that he finds some fun. Yep. Again,
1: I'll be saying this a lot maybe. Another guy that is in that pocket of players who... Really did have my full attention. You hit on all the key points with last week. With players with that sort of caliber, uh, where you like, you know, players that have that sort of caliber, you only seeing what you saw last weekend can sometimes be enough to make you want to go in the next week at a feel at a course that you think can suit him, um, perfectly. And yes, it would have been two years ago, you're not wrong, but he would have been in that like short 20s. Uh, part of the board with Morikawa, Hovland, late teens. So uh, another guy I'm swimming around. I did not pick, but I like it.
0: Yeah, I mean to to think he's kind of dropped to nearly outside of the top fifty in the world um, after being about tenth, very early 2020, I believe. is it's it's a pretty alarming drop, but ho- hopefully he's over whatever it. The- Whatever it is that may have happened, and hopefully he can find some form soon. Mhm. He's definitely a better player than most of the players up there. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> uh, you have two. You have two that you're looking at at forty to one. Uh, you want to kind of take take us through um your two picks in this range
1: yeah so you know, like your two bets uh, in burns and and Webb I swim around those. I'm swimming around uh burger, I'm swimming around Fleetwood, but I have landed on craig i've a- I've landed on Abe answer um a lot of what you said about Webb except I saw we saw some of the form even leading into last week we started to see some uptick, so uh obviously never had like the uh resume that Webb had, but I think in this current moment. We agree might be a you know, has the potential to is a higher end player on some regards anyway that's a lot of word gibberish I really like how answer is trending thought he played great last week we're going to a shot maker course in Texas hopefully it's time for him to all put it together that is clearly what I am betting on Tony Finau, Finau uh, I bet him too much but this is an opportunity that wasn't the one I wasn't overthinking. 40 to one I think is incredibly fair at this field on this course where he did finish second to Kevin Na. He's finished second at Riviera. You made that comp. So there is that Tony Finau Craig was one of very few players last week to gain strokes across the board, across the board. Tony made strokes. Um, Two weeks ago before the Byron, which just turned into a bit of a birdie bonanza he had like his best, one of his best approach weeks ever. So literally, just based on those two things, I'm allowed to say Tony Fino, forty to one. Things really are clicking. That's a move that I do
0: want, want, want. Wow, want to make. I mean, I, I mean, I don't often uh, bat Tony Fino, but uh, he's certainly shown signs of life recently. And uh, yeah, it seems a good number on that. Yeah, and I back him too often, but this
1: one does feel uh, a little um, more proper. So, yeah, Fino answer, but there's so many guys in in this range. Like, there's so many that I'm not betting that I could have been betting from Berger to Riley. Uh, I mentioned, you know, you mentioned Webb, Fleetwood um so many even the next guy up on your card i'm pretty sure like i'm sw- circling right around him as well craig so why don't you just drop him
0: yes yeah, so my next one who i feel is really good value this week uh is gary woodland at 45 to one um i feel it's a very good number considering uh the form is shown this year um obviously Gary's well documented about his injury struggles over the past couple of years since winning the 2019 US Open at Pebble Beach. But he seems to have got over the worst of the injury troubles and uh, it's it's shown into his form this year. Um, His last... In his last uh, six starts, he's he's missed two cuts, but um, he's he's finished. He's where he has finished well as uh, tied thirty fourth last uh, last week at the PGA Champs, tied twenty fourth in the Mexico, tied eighth for the Texas Open, tied twenty first at the Valspar, So he's in relatively good form. Um, was. Uh, at the Charles Schwab Challenge, he's fourteenth, ninth, and seventy-third in three starts. Uh, he also has one twenty-six finish at the Riviera as well uh, in the past. In terms of the uh, in terms of the stats and that this year, so he's thirty-fifth for approach, thirty-eighth for tee to green, and uh, 80th for greens in regulation, which is uh, above average. So. He, he's just a player that's playing well and we know he's uh he's he can win big tournaments and uh yeah i just feel it's a good course but uh he seems to play all these tougher courses very well uh, especially this year woodland and i uh, expect him to be up there again
1: yeah he's been incredibly consistent uh it's great to see him healthy um a lot of the lead-in stuff does make you feel like he truly is trending towards getting back into the winner's circle. Um, yeah, a guy I am, as you talk through it again, I'm tempted to bet as well. Not there yet.
0: Uh, just before just before you kind of go into your next one, um, did, did Mito at all come onto your radar this week?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I guess much like Willie and even JT, like if you want to bet one of those guys, you probably for a moment have to like decide, like play some role of armchair psychologist. Kind of spoken about it with JT. I alluded to it, how I feel about Willie. You could make the case, like if you just looked at that score and you could think five, um, you know, fit the number on Mito this week is totally fair. The form is good. Uh, He seems like a kid that doesn't really hold the scar tissue, uh, that'll just, you know, bounce through it. And I don't doubt that he will. I am just making a decision that I really don't, different than Willie, like the scorn of the loss, despite Zealot's horse could probably feel different about that. I I don't want to bet a guy who had what happened to him the very next week. I just don't. Uh, and I don't think that if I, that consistent strategy would, would fail me more times, what won't fail me more times than not.
0: Uh, we're going to your next one at uh, 50 to one, uh, who is obviously a very experienced player and former winner.
1: Yeah. So now nah, I hit on not nah here a couple of years ago when he won, I'm willing to go back this week. Uh, he can just shot make this. Uh, he, he's so comfortable here. He's pretty much disclosed. Might be his favorite course on earth um i just trust his shot making abilities around around this place i didn't overthink it it was truth be told the first bet i did make um of the week i thought anything 50 or above on kevin was something that i would be investing in and i have
0: nice i mean former champion at 50 to 1 seems seems a nice place yeah, I have
1: also bet Harold Varner the third at 65 to one for many of the reasons like Woodland. I just feel the results show that he really is like circling this win. Like it does feel imminent, not like to that Zalatoris huge win, major win thing. But I just feel like everything is pointing um, to to Harold and the timing of it being on the precipice. The short putting is painful. We're going to have to find a way through that this week. I, I don't doubt that at all. But I think he can just, like for a shot maker's course, I think it fits him absolutely perfectly. Uh, and I'm willing to suffer the pain of that analysis. Uh, So I've got, well,
0: I've got two two left. One at, 80s and one at a hundred, uh, which I'll go into in a minute. Um they're both probably a combined age of about nine hundred and five. So this <laughs> should be pretty interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, so uh, the first one for me in that uh, in that uh in the eighty to uh, eighty to one category is um Texas native uh Ryan Palmer, who we all know uh Loves to play well in Texas as well. He missed the cut last week at the PGA Championships, but before that, uh, he had a uh, tied fifth at the Byron Nelson and tied 18th at the Zurich Classic, along with uh, the world number one at the time, Scottish Scheffler. So, um, he's shown he showed signs that, um, that he... He can, well, he can and is good, uh, getting back to s- somewhat near near his best, if we can say that. I don't know what Ryan Palmer's best is really, but uh, <laughs> I've never bet Ryan Palmer
1: to win in my whole life, and I don't even say that as an like that's never burned me. It's not, it's not even that I'm bragging about it because I'm going to do a props like <laughs> pick video later in the week, and he's probably going to be all over it. Just like he was in uh, the Byron Nelson, because Ryan Palmer in Texas at that, would you say you have eighty to one, ninety to one? Yeah, eighties. Is. Yeah, eighties. That that you'd give me that eighty. You correlate that into what what I'll get for my placings on a t twenty. I'll even play it even safer to the t forty. I am going to have a lot of investment in Ryan Palmer this week, so I expect him, like you, Craig, to play very well. I'm just not not picking a win. But I'm not besmirching uh, your prediction either.
0: Uh, he does have six top twenty-five finishes uh, at the Charles Schwab over the years, um, with multiple multiple uh, top ten finishes. Uh, he has a, a third, a, a fifth, uh, a third, two fifths, and a six uh, place finish here. So he obviously loves playing playing back in Texas. Of course, he loves. Um, he also for the season ranks 30 for uh, Tito Green, so he's a uh, strong with the Irons. And 37 for Green's in regulation, um, which is also, well, for me, I feel like, is a key start this week. So, um, yeah, strong player, very experienced player. Can he win 80-1? Possibly. Are we most likely playing for, for a place? More than likely But um yeah with the form he's shown At this course I feel like it's a big number on Ryan, uh, Ryan Palmer
1: It's te- it's Ryan Palmer It's Texas Like there's money to be made on Ryan Palmer this week It depends how greedy You want to be about it Um And you could go to the <laughs> top Like you are Craig or, And you could also play it like down, down The Ryan Palmer card also, but I, I'm 100% convinced there's money to be made on Palmer this week in all
0: formats. Yeah, I think he may be quite popular with the tipsters this week as well. With the yeah, he
1: could probably his, his DFS will probably be be popular. Also, I don't doubt that he seems like an incredibly safe play for the price point, which is almost all you, you know 80% of the DFS battle. Um, yeah. I mean, he's probably got like there's not a, an event in Texas he probably hasn't finished top five in. So why wouldn't this be any different?
0: Again. And my and my last one uh, that was looking at uh, at a hundred to one is forty nine year old Stuart Sink who I love it. <laughs> love it. I love it. Uh,
1: love the narrative and yeah. I love the bet. Like it's a I love it. I'm I'm here for it, Craig.
0: <laughs> so uh, he's 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 coming off the back of a tie twenty third at the PGA Championship, and uh, historically, um, bigger to uh, Dave Tindall for this one. But hi- historically, the week after a major, he seems to always play well or always go close to winning. So if, I, I called that if, RBC
1: that RBC heritage Tyndall tip last year with all the same links that you're about to make. I pretty much gave Tyndall credit. Like I said, that was the golf tip of the year. Like in my opinion for 2021 was that Tyndall post quality, major performance week after link. And, uh, yeah, I f- I almost just ha- might have to make a small bet on it out of FOMO. Like, I-, I didn't believe in the KH Lee back-to-back thing. I thought that was, like, insane. I don't care about TPC Lee's all those jokes. This this Tyndall factoid about sync post-majors, I am a true believer
0: in. I might not be able to miss this one. I might have to join you here, Craig. <laughs> so, yeah. So, he comes off a tie 23rd at the PGA Championship. So, uh... Uh, he could be in for another good week, the week post major. Uh, well, that's the hope anyway. But um, but before that, he was tied ninth at the Welsh Fargo in very tough conditions. 68th um, at the Heritage uh, the year after winning, I suppose you can let him away with that. Tied seventh at the Valspar, which is obviously on our tough track. So he seems to play the tough tracks this season very well. Um, he, so he's played he's played the charles Webb or at colonial multiple times over the years but believe it or not he was second in 2000 that's how long ago uh he, he the first the first kind of wave of stuart sink was playing golf tournaments it's back in 2000 that's mental in, in incredible incredible and and, the, and
1: I think you even alluded to it, his distance. I think people like would be grossly surprised by how far he truly hits it. I remember being surprised seeing the stats last year. So this year when they sort of come across, I'm less surprised. But even knowing the stats, you like double take the page. Be like, how is this possible? Um, And as I mentioned, hitting it here, taking some of those aggressive angles, Uh, Having it both in your bag, I think,
0: is an incredible asset for Colonial. And and Sink does. Uh, So on top of that, uh, obviously, well, second in 2000, that's 100 years ago. But um, he also in that time has uh, eight top 25 finishes at Colonial. Tends to always play very steadily and very well. He also has a fifth, a seventeenth, a twenty-seventh, and a twenty-eighth at the Riv- uh the Riviera. And a fourteenth at the Windham uh, uh for a couple of correlations. Um, his stats for the season aren't great, which is to be expected considering um well he is a little bit older now, Stuart Sink, but he still ranks very steadily for uh, Greens in regulation and and on approach, so um yeah, I just think he's playing well enough, uh, especially uh, at triple figure price, a hundred to one. I felt um, the week after after a major, you've kind of got to be on sync now, don't you? After all the after all that story last year, so um, yeah, uh, sick for me seems a decent shout this week at hundreds. Seems incredibly
1: fair. I will say quickly, not to in depth. There are. Guys like Matt Niesmith is a player in and around a hundred to one that did kind of have my attention, but I just do believe Craig. The field is just too strong this week between the the, the high end that has decided to show up and that group we spoke about a thirty to sixty. Um, I was wrong when I said this before the Byron Nelson K H Lee came and and he nipped them and he nipped Hideki he nipped J T nipped even Spieth like at the wire he nipped them. I just think there's just too much class here. For one or two or three of these guys not to have it, which puts it makes it that much harder for the guys, you know, needing a ceiling from the back. That's my take.
0: Um, so was there any anybody in this type of 100 plus range that really caught your eye? Like just some of the names in this kind of range, you've got Patrick Reed, you've got Troy Merritt. You've got uh, Lucas Herbert, you've got JT Poston, you've got Aaron Rye, you've got Matthias Schwab, you've got Richard Bland, um, Kurt Kitayama, and Brandon Wu, who are all playing well in their own rights. Um, Matt Neesmith, any, as I they, mentioned.
1: Oh, Neesmith would oh yeah, be the one. Neesmith. His stats uh, really do pop for me. And uh, Smotherman, I'm not ready to maybe quit that one. Uh, all the numbers Austin. still seem to, to point to Austin Smotherman. I've seen him flirting in like 180, 200 to one. So that'd be a bit of a super bomb.
0: I, I, th- I, th- I think if I was going to make like a super bomb, um, I th- with, with the type of course, the type of layout, the type of difficulty uh, this course uh, throws up, I mean, Aaron Wright at 200 to one does it seem the worst value in the world. Uh, we know we know he can win. On, he's won on tough golf courses uh, back in Europe before. Uh, he tends to play his best stuff on on tougher golf courses. Two hundred to one seems pretty okay value to me, anyway. Uh, uh, especially with this type of test.
1: Very fair. I actually mentioned him uh, on some earlier content I did. So he has caught my eye. Continues to catch my eye. Um, I feel like we'll see him on TV on the weekend, which probably means good things. If you have a hundred to one, or or two hundred, you said.
0: Uh, any any other like special markets that you kind of looked at this week uh, in terms of like top ten, top twenty, that kind of stuff, or, or are you not, saving not, it for later on in the week? Uh,
1: not totally. Haven't made any bets yet. I I did say I will not be betting Palmer to win. But I will have a slew of Palmer uh, bets. And even in front of the 100, a guy who didn't mention, I don't mind, I'll just say it on the way out, is Mav McNeely. The small greens, the iron play, uh, I think it could be a big weekend for him potentially. So that's a guy sort of north of 60 in front of 100. That, that is uh, one of few that I could be looking at.
0: Uh, so where where can uh, people find you on Twitter and stuff um, for people that obviously don't know who you are? Um, you obviously you you're a, you produce multiple content um, for multiple different um, companies. Um, you seem yeah. to be everywhere. <laughs> so uh, yeah, where can they find you and stuff, and where where can they watch your content?
1: Yeah, so Monday mornings, I'm always, uh, you know, first looking the, the golf board each week with uh, Pat Mayo over at Mayo Media Network. I put out a video with my outright picks for Odds Checker, uh, which you can go catch right now, Odds Checker US with Rick Gaiman. And uh, on Tuesday mornings, I go live at 11 Eastern, and that's on YouTube with the guys at Bet Golf. So, yeah, Monday through Wednesday, I, I find myself maybe overexposed like sometimes my betting cards are overexposed Craig
0: <laughs> and well you, you got to take it easy mate especially uh, especially with your health currently <laughs> your health status currently yeah I'm having I mean, another you got to take it easy one yeah,
1: another little knee operation this weekend far minor than my previous one but All that leads to is me, you know, in bed or on the couch watching lots of golf. So hopefully I I got a Sunday hero or someone trying to be one.
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Um, So, yeah, um, we'll just do a quick recap of Charles Schwab Challenge picks. And, uh, yeah, uh, I'll let you go because, obviously, uh, you are a very busy man. So, yeah, we'll just do a quick recap. So I'll let you take away. Uh, so uh, Victor Hovland twenty two to one. Uh, Abe
1: answer Tony Finau at forty. I bet Varner at sixty five, and I think it was a fifty five on my Kevin. Nah, but those are the five bets that I have made, and very tempted to make others because there's just so many players I'm into in that thirty to sixty to one range. But that's what I'm sitting on right now. And and Sink obviously. <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah, in sync. I gotta make uh can't not have that post-it note on my computer. I'll be mad if I forget. <laughs>
0: uh and just to five for me as well. So we're we are going with Sam Burns at thirty three to one, uh Webb Simpson at forty to one, Gary Woodland at forty five to one, Ryan Palmer at eighty to one, and Stuart Sink, Goodall Stuart Sink at a hundred to one. Uh that that card's average range must be about four hundred. So yeah, very experienced this week. We will love it. And again, it's just a great time
1: of the golf season as uh a packed time before even another major. So I'm looking forward to all of
0: it. So just before I let you off, Jeff, uh, so um so for o- obviously for um for relatively uh um, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I I think I've gone nuts. That's <laughs> okay. I don't know. Uh, so uh, for our regular listeners is what I was was supposed to say. Uh, oh God, I absolutely went mental there. But uh, for our regular listeners, uh. Jamie should be back next week after a lovely week away in Portugal. Uh, He does have, in the meantime, he does have a uh, Charles Schwab challenge um, betting preview out for easy odds. So if you want to have a look at that. Um, And in the meantime, Jeff, uh, we'll, we'll let you off. And thanks for coming on. And hopefully we'll do it again sometime soon.
1: Yeah, for sure, Craig. Hit me up. We'll do it again later this uh, summer. Thanks for having me.
0: All the best, mate, especially in your recovery and stuff. And, uh, yeah, we'll we'll laugh when um, Stuart Sink wins this week. (laughs) I will certainly feel a lot
1: better about everything in that case. Thanks so much, man.
0: Right. Right. Thanks a lot, mate. All the best. Cheers.
1: Cheers.